Hey there, welcome to the Redemption Youth Podcast. I'm Pastor Matt and this week is so exciting. It's part three of the four horsemen and Pastor Josh this week speaks about the pale horse and he talks about healing, which is so amazing because I think sometimes we 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 live this Christian life and we have a lot of questions around certain things, but one of the most practical things we wish we could always see or that we really expect from God is healing. And I want to tell you today that God really wants us healed and Jesus has already provided and given us such an amazing way of being healed. And um, so this pale horse comes to bring like disease and and like basically viruses. The word in the in the in the text is actually a Greek word that kind of means um, like small unseen beasts. And what is a virus? It's it's not seen to the human eye. But we know it actually makes a difference when you have the flu, when you have uh, COVID-19, whatever like virus goes through the air and that kind of stuff. You can't see it with your naked eye, but we know it's there because there's symptoms. And so what does the Bible give us as a like uh, a solution to this? Um, what, What is the solution to the pale horse? We actually learn because we've been learning about how um, there's like four faces of Jesus. There's four banners that we raise and there's four things that we do to combat the four horsemen that come with each of their negative things that they try to bring to the world. And so what do we bring to the pale horse? The pale horse is actually uh, you come against the pale horse with um, the banner of an eagle. So we learned about how there were four corners of the um it, the tribes of Israel were set out in the desert and each of the four corners had a banner and each banner has a, a face and each face combats a different direction and different problem. So the pale horse is met with the banner of the eagle and it's in the north by the tribe of Dan and it's really amazing because the whole the whole there's it's it's just insane how there's there's basically these four corners there's four different faces and the four different faces of Jesus which is the ox the man the eagle and the lion so when when we come across the pale horse which seeks to bring like literally disease and and sickness into the world we meet that with the banner of the eagle and what does the banner of the eagle mean what face of Jesus is that it's it aligns itself with the four gospels the four gospels also have like a symbol that goes with each gospel and it's again the man the lion the eagle and the ox and the gospel that is the eagle is the gospel of john so the gospel of john is represented by the eagle and it's so awesome and so pastor josh says why the eagle because we need to have a certain perspective of jesus and a an eagle has a view and a perspective that is from the highest heights. Out of every natural living thing, the eagle soars above them all. It soars from um, in the highest points of the atmosphere, and it can soar just unbelievably high. An eagle can soar in, in the jet streams, which are really, really high up. So we need to have a perspective that is from way higher than where we are now because we only see things at eye level and our perspectives with our shallow understanding but God wants us to see things from his perspective which is a heavenly perspective and what is that heavenly perspective that heavenly perspective is that Jesus has died and risen again and that all our sins were taken upon him on the cross and what else that he also gave us healing because we know that he took stripes for us 
So we need to have that perspective always. Don't just see your situation for what it is. Don't just allow yourself to be distracted by the little, and I say little because they're little in comparison to how big our God is and how able he is, but just how small our problems really are and the things that bother us because God is well able to do above and beyond what we can ask for or think. So make sure that your perspective is always how big is God, how big is Jesus. Remember, part of the vision this year is behold, I'm doing a new thing. And when we behold, we make something huge. We make it big. So Pastor Josh made an illustration like if you were standing at the base of Lady Liberty in uh, New York and you stood at the base and you looked up, it would be absolutely massive in front of you. So what do we need to do is we need to stand at the feet of Jesus and we need to make him huge in our lives, spend more time with him, include him in everything that we do throughout the day. We need to make him big. And we need to also, the bigger we make him, the more heavenly our perspective comes, the more we're able to see things from God's perspective instead of ours. Because God's perspective is that we're already blessed, we're already healed, we're already taken care of, and he's provided for every need we could ever have, and he's got an answer and a solution to every problem we'll ever encounter. So... That's God's perspective, but if we're never spending enough time seeking Jesus and making sure that we're trying to get to know him every day, it's a lot harder to have that perspective. It's not impossible. Like if you miss a day or two without spending time with God, you should be hungry to spend time with God. You shouldn't feel bad that you didn't spend time with him. You should be like, oh man, you know, I actually really wish I got to spend more time with him. I missed those days and uh, I want to have more time with him. And so... Never feel bad when you haven't been reading your Bible. Never feel bad when you haven't got something that you've been asking for because God wants to give it to you. God wants to bless you. God wants to spend time with you. He's never disappointed in you. And at the end of the day, his opinion is the only one that counts. So don't allow yourself to be um, even distracted by your own thoughts, distracted by your own feelings of how you feel about yourself and how you feel about God and how you think he sees you because at the end of the day, his perspective on you is that of Jesus. Because you're in Jesus, when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're in him. God sees you in Jesus. So when he looks at you, he sees Jesus. And what is Jesus to God? He's perfect and pleasing. He never does anything wrong because all our sins have been taken care of. And um, he, yeah, he paid the price for them. God can't see our sins anymore. He only sees the blood of Jesus. So you're never a disappointment. Never, ever, ever. You maybe disappoint people and you sometimes maybe you let them down or you don't achieve what they wanted you to achieve. But at the end of the day, um, you've never let down God and he always wants to pick you up and make you better and help you to be the best that you can be. And he'll help you to be the best for the other people that are in our lives. But at the end of the day, his opinion is the one that we need to seek after and the one that we need to spend time in. So it's amazing because so we start with the book of John, which is the 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 gospel of the eagle and John opens with Jesus being God and the word. So we know that he, uh, basically John tells us not the lineage of Jesus, like in um, the book of Luke or the book of Matthew, where the opening chapters pretty much tell you about Jesus as a natural man, who his family was and that kind of stuff. But the gospel of John actually opens up with not doing the human stuff, not telling us about the human perspective. It tells us about God's perspective, which is that Jesus is God and he's also the word. He's the Bible. He's He's the word of God that became flesh and dwelt among us. So the book of John tells us about 
a supernatural perspective, not a natural perspective, which is amazing because I think there's so many miracles in John and really John displays the power of Jesus and the, the strength of Jesus. And it's just really awesome to see. I really encourage you that if you want to see more of Jesus in your life and you want to have a better understanding of just how powerful he can be in your life, then read the Gospel of John because you need to have a strong perspective of your Savior. And you should read all the Bible, but you should really um, get to know the New Testament, get to know the Gospels, get to know Jesus and his character. So how do we build friendships with people as we spend time with them and we hang out with them and we do stuff together and we get to know them and it's the same with God like if you want to get to know God just spend time reading about him spend time in his word and just reading through the gospels and and looking at Jesus like Jesus actually says in the bible if you've seen me you've seen the father so if you want to get to know God the father read about Jesus read about his character that he always was walking around healing people loving people and lifting them up and he didn't dig hypocrites but what did he do is he loved upon sinners and he didn't turn them away and he was absolutely amazing to them so yeah just let's let's get to know god through his word spend time there i promise you you won't be disappointed and I, the the more you read and the faster you try to get through it and you know it's not any pressure it's not a requirement but obviously the more time you spend the in the word like just the more you learn the more you are able to just process more and more information spend more and more time with god so i don't know challenge yourself i'm not going to challenge you and say you need to read this amount a day but you need to go to god and say lord i want to i actually want to know you more i want to know jesus more so um help me to read more of the word here's this many chapters a day i'm going to do help me do this and god will absolutely blow your mind because when you tell him you want to spend time with him he just wants to love upon you and bless you and, and just rock your world. So it's going to be absolutely amazing. So then we go into his word now and we're learning about what face of Jesus, the eagle. We're learning about healing because healing is what you need to combat the pale horse because the pale horse is looking to bring sickness and disease. And Jesus wants to bring healing for that. He wants to bring restoration to that. So Pastor Josh goes straight to Isaiah chapter 3 verse 5. And Isaiah the prophet actually prophesies this and he says, But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. And he was talking about Jesus in the future. And that's so amazing because Jesus did go through that. We know that Jesus went to the cross and before that he was actually beaten to mercilessly by the Romans and and whipped with like a cat of nine tails so that his back was literally like ripped open that you could see his bones and and then he still had to carry his cross up the hill to get to the top of that hill where he was eventually hung on that cross and so it says that we're healed of our stripes we're healed of our stripe and that's significant because it's 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 of a beating and it's lashes against you and then where's this, uh, where are we seeing this somewhere else is actually in Mark chapter 5, where Jesus is, is walking through a town and the lady with the issue of blood actually comes up to him and she touches the hem of his robe. And what is the robe that Jesus wears? It's the robe of righteousness. And it's, it's figurative, it's not literal, his robe wasn't actually called the robe of righteousness, but we know it's a picture, it's a type, and it's the robe of righteousness that Jesus wears. And so she touches the 
the robe of righteousness and Jesus actually tells her daughter, you've been healed of your lash in the Greek. And so he actually is saying, yeah, you're, you're healed, not just of this sickness that you had, this bleeding that you had for so long, but you're healed of your stripe. It's the transgressions against you and sickness in general, because Jesus knew that he was going to go on the cross and pay the, pay the price for her sins. And also it was so significant because like while while this woman was bleeding, she couldn't have a, ch- a child, and I don't even know if she even was married because um, she would have been seen as unclean um, for pretty much the whole the whole time she was bleeding. She couldn't conceive a child because your womb needs to be like closed; it needs to be able to um, like regenerate properly so that it can actually then have a child in it. And so she was barren, and so she could never have be be, be fruitful in that area. So. What it's actually saying is that our self-righteousness is unfruitful. Our self-righteousness can't bear any fruits and won't bear any reward. But once we touch the righteousness of Jesus and we have the righteousness of Jesus in our lives, then we can actually attain true righteousness and we can have healing in that area and we can also be fruitful in our lives. So Jesus also heals us of the of our you know self-righteousness and but that's when you come to him, when you receive of him and you continue to receive of him and his righteousness that you're actually able to bear fruit. So let's keep grabbing onto Jesus. Let's keep making sure that we look to his righteousness and not our own. It's not about how well you perform for God. It's about how well Jesus performed for God on your behalf. And now you get to receive everything that Jesus deserved because he lived the perfect life for you. And so the next story we see was Lazarus and we know the story of Lazarus he was dead for four days and then Jesus comes to the town where he was buried and walks up to his tomb and he's basically it's such an awesome story here because Pastor Josh shows us that that there's so much in this story because what does Jesus first say when he gets to this tomb is he says remove the stone and we know that stone in the Bible and and rock is a picture of the law and so Jesus is saying, you need to remove the law before I can do my work. And what does that mean we need to do? If you're under the law, you need to put yourself under grace. You need to stop being under, you need to stop trying to work for God, work for everything and work so hard to achieve in this life. And you need to actually let God take control. You need to give it up to him. You need to grab hold of his righteousness and his goodness and allow him to perform through you. And so you need to remove the, the responsibility upon yourself to to achieve and win in this life and you actually need to do it with Jesus you need to do it with God because he is your source and he is your ability after Jesus has had commanded that the stone being rolled away then he told Lazarus Lazarus come forth and then Lazarus walked out of the tomb and so once the, you need to be able to continuously see Jesus because the more you focus on him his love for you and his finished work then the less the law can take hold of you in your life and this overwhelming feeling of anxiety and pressure that if you don't do it, no one's going to do it and that you're on your own in this like you're not. God is there with you. God wants to work through you. He wants to give you the mind of Christ so you have wisdom for every situation. He wants to help you in your school. He wants to help you in your social life. He wants to provide for you. He wants to heal you. But when you want to do it on your own, that's when you put yourself under the requirements of the law because you're acting in in your flesh and doing works but god wants to do those things through you does that mean we stop working no it means that we work through him and his wisdom 
and his goodness and he's the one that brings the results in the supply it's so awesome because then what's next is okay cool so we know that jesus is righteous he's the king of righteousness he wears this robe of righteousness and who else was the king of righteousness it's melchizedek in the old testament in genesis chapter 14 and melchizedek king of salem literally means king of righteousness king of peace so and we know that's a picture of Jesus because Jesus is the Prince of Peace and he is is the righteous one. He's the, the, the holy one, the anointed one. And so it's Jesus coming to Abraham. And what does he do? He doesn't take money from Abraham first. He doesn't do anything to instruct Abraham. But he, what does he do? He brings communion to him. He brings bread and he brings wine. And so when we need anything from Jesus, when we need healing, when we need like restoration whatever we need from god we come to him with communion because it's so powerful it's so tangible you know sometimes we feel like jesus isn't really there with us but because we can't really touch him or see him we do everything by faith and that's the way god loves it when we just believe in him and we just trust him but when we partake of communion we finally have something in our hands something tangible we can't hug jesus but when we partake of communion we get to have a real physical experience of the love of Christ. So when we partake of communion, we we receive that healing, we receive that righteousness, and we're actually able to really use the, the resource that God has given us in himself. We're really able to take hold of the blessings that he wants to give us. We're able to take hold of healing and just spend that really intimate moment with Jesus, thinking about him and the work he did for us, and knowing that it was good enough, like it's it's perfect work and he's going to bring healing. He's going to bring everything you need when you go to him in that moment. And it, it just re- requires faith. And you know what? God does need a lot of faith. It says faith of a mustard seed will move a mountain. So give God your mustard seed of faith. And I promise you, he, he will use it. He will absolutely blow your mind. He will do the impossible in your life. And you know what, for me, I'm like, cool, I know God can do a lot with a mustard seed. I want to give him even more. I want to give him more mustard seeds. I want to give him a seed that's like an avo pip. If you've ever seen an avocado pip, those things are huge. I want to give God that kind of seed and I want to let him do ridiculous work in my life. So what's the result of trusting in God? It's Psalm 103 verse 5 and it says, our youth is renewed like the eagles. An eagle looks like it's never aging because at certain points in its life it it sheds all its feathers it plucks out all its feathers and it gets completely new ones so they always look young even though some eagles are old they have young feathers and that's what god wants for us he wants us to have renewed youth all the time he wants us to be healthy all the time and he wants us to be healed all the time and experience victory over um you know disease and and genetic disorders and all that kind of stuff like god wants supernatural 100 percent restoration to our bodies he doesn't want us walking around with things that people speak over us in the medical diagnoses like he he's bigger than that he's bigger than our medical diagnosis he's bigger than our hereditary problems he is so much greater and he wants to bring healing to those things in your life and it's not just physical things he can bring healing to your emotions to your past and things that have hurt you and people that have hurt you he wants to remove those insecurities from you and he wants to build you up into the most amazing person who's secure in him and that just has confidence in this life confidence isn't something that some people have it's something that everybody can have and we can all have it in jesus because he's our confidence 
We're confident in him and his goodness. And so I'll leave this with you. The last illustration that we get from the Bible regarding healing is the story in Numbers chapter 21 where the Israelites are all being bitten by snakes in the wilderness. And God tells Moses that you need to create a, um, a bronze serpent and put it on a pole and raise it up. And everybody that looks at this serpent on a pole will be healed. And what this serpent was on a pole was actually a picture of Jesus because it was actually a bronze serpent. And bronze is a picture of judgment. And what happened to Jesus on the cross on that pole? He was judged for us on our behalf. And so Jesus even says in to Nicodemus in the book of John that the Son of Man must be lifted up um, just like the serpent that Moses lifted up. So Jesus was became our bronze snake so that we could experience healing just like the Israelites in the wilderness. So as you can see, there's so many um, pictures in the Bible and so many stories that point to Jesus and how much he is our healing, how much he wants us to be healed and that he was lifted up for us so that we could live a life of absolute triumph um, and and blessing and goodness. And so don't, if whatever you're, you're going through today, whatever healing you need, I encourage you to go to Jesus for it because he's, he's willing. There's a story in the, in the New Testament where a leper comes to Jesus and lepers were unclean and they had to stay away from people and they couldn't um, be in public around, around a, like a crowd. They literally lived on the outskirts of towns, hoping that they could get food and stuff. And this leper came up to Jesus and said, Lord, I know you can heal, but I don't know if you're willing. And Jesus says, I am willing. So not only can Jesus heal, Jesus will. He's willing. He wants to. He wants to bring healing into your life. He wants to bring healing into your family. He wants to bring healing to your body. He wants to bring healing into every single circumstance for you that's broken. He wants to restore it. He wants to rebuild it. So just know that you're super, super loved. You personally, as a person, like don't think about how God died for the whole world. He died for you as an individual and that he wants to love upon you and have a personal, intimate relationship with you. And he wants to do amazing things with your life. You are called. You are here for a purpose. You are here on purpose. And God is going to use you mightily. And I hope that you really enjoyed this podcast and that if it blessed you, I encourage you send it to someone else. Whoever you feel on your heart right now that might need to hear this, just send it out to them. It's easier sending a link. You've got nothing to lose and they've got everything to gain. But I hope you have an amazing time ahead of you and that you just take hold of all the healing that God has for you and that you're just super blessed.